Welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringing forth fruits as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints, to whom God 
would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery amongst the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Here ends the reading of God's holy words. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for the privilege you have granted us to hear your word so we can hear from you. We pray that as your word is taught, help us to separate the human draws from the purity of your word, that your word will come to us like gold, like precious stone. Let your word that is able to transform, the word that is like the mirror, which we will behold, your word that is like a hammer that is able to shatter, your word that is like water, that is water that washes and that quenches thirst. Your word, which is your spirit, and your word, which is you. Your word, which gives life, and your word, which brings light, as your word is taught. Holy Spirit, there's one thing we ask of you. You being our teacher, the magister veritatis, take over and show us Christ to the glory of your name. As your word is taught, let it be accompanied with signs, wonders, and miracles that your people will be edified. Your name will be glorified and our generation will be notified. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. In fact, with this, it looks like we can close now. <laughs> well, so you can tell from Colossians chapter 1, all through Paul has a mission. And towards the end of chapter 1, he states it clearly that we preach. That, that I just, Guys, I just like that. Him we preach. Him we preach. The essence of preaching. The content of preaching. The substance of preaching. Him we preach. Him we preach. Second Corinthians says that, chapter 4, verse 5. For we preach him. He says that, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ, the Lord. We, we preach him, not ourselves. Him we preach. Um, teaching. And so in the, in the preaching comes the teaching and admonition. Teaching and admonishing every man in all wisdom. There's a way to go about it. And spiritual understanding. All, all wisdom that we may, the purpose is to we will present everyone perfect in Christ. That everyone not, it's not all human beings alive, but everyone who cares to expose themselves to our teaching. So we may present every man Everyone who is listening to you, watch this. If you are genuinely speaking for God, 
and your preaching is Christ, anyone listening to you will get something. Either they will get something that will save them or something that will condemn them. <laughs> Nobody comes to Christ and goes the same. When you come to Christ, you either get saved or you enforce your condemnation. You highlight it because it says that what you know, he who knows the master's will and did not do it. Your, Jesus said, blessed are you for the things you hear, or for what you know, John 13, 17. He said, blessed are you if you do these things once you know them. So you can't do without knowing. The religion is, is doing without knowing. Doing without knowing. So sometimes you don't, it doesn't even require wisdom to practice religion. What do I mean by that? You just go through emotion. They said, stand, stand. That's all. So even the one who doesn't have feet, if they can't stand, you condemn them. You don't have the wisdom to understand the dynamics of the standing. Because others are standing, but they are still seated in their hearts. <laughs> but spirituality, that's why we need the Holy Spirit to help us afford us the wisdom it requires to practice spirituality. Is that him we preach, teaching and admonishing everyone in all wisdom. It's not one size fits all. There's, fasting is important, but there's a reason why some people cannot fast. There's a reason why some people cannot fast. Reading your Bible every day is important, but there's a reason why some people will not be able to read. Because they can't read. They, can, they be a, can they be Christians? So we teach with all wisdom. Religion says that it's just this. If you can't do it, you're out. But true spirituality comes with wisdom. In fact, it says that <laughs> these things we speak, not with words which human, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, somewhere there. The, these things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Ghost teach, comparing spirit. So we make spiritual transactions. So we are not using spiritual truths and marginalize natural, natural realities. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Him we preach. Those days when people are in trouble, let's say someone is bereaved. So how can you cry, a believer? <laughs> you must be a woman of faith, a man of faith. How can you be crying? How can you be crying? When your husband is dead, or when your child is dead, how can you cry? No, you can't cry. See, that's religion talking. That's religion talking. That's religion talking. <laughs> so presenting every man, when is the message is a Christ message, it's actually has a way. No one can pour water on you and you, get, you won't get wet. Even if you are wearing raincoats. You know, when you come through the rain and you have a brolly. In fact, when you get there, you have to shake the brolly because you are not wet. But the, the, the water will make anything that comes to water wet. Christ will have an impact on anybody he comes into contact with. 
so that if we can beef up the Christ content in our preaching, we will be able to get a lot more people wet in Christ. But the more we say, oh, people don't want to hear these things, people don't want to know, let's teach. The more we are not affecting people. We can be appealing to people's minds easily. A preacher is not there to convince people. He's, he's there to be a spokesperson for Christ or speak Christ so the Holy Ghost will convict. Yeah. Oh, when you are convicted, people can't talk you out. Yeah. A convicted heart is not easy to change. Yes, sir. A convinced mind can change easily depending on circumstances. We preach Christ. Him, we, I like that phrase. I don't know when I can ever. Him, so let's all say, Him we preach. Say it again, please. One statement that someone says, okay, why should I be a Christian? What do I get from being a Christian? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? Am I going to get a good job? Am I going to get married? Am I going to get a husband? Am I going to get a wife? Am I going to have a children? Am I going to have financial breakthrough? What's in it for me? All those things are possible, but that's not the main. Christ. That Christ, that's what. Christ is what is in it for you. We, we, that's all. Him we preach. And Bible says, you'll find out in a minute, that in him, verse 3, in him dwelleth, not dwelleth, I hid the treasures. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and the treasures of knowledge. They are hidden in Christ. When you find Christ, you begin to realize that the, the whole thing was packaged in him and begins to unfold. The deeper you get into Christ, you realize that you are not stupid at all. <laughs> him we preach. We strive to present every man perfect. So the, towards the end of his first chapter, we notice his aim. Then he takes it a bit further, as I mentioned, to begin to show us how this aim is achievable in the first two verses. That... I strive, even those of you, for those who haven't seen my face, those in Laodicea, those in, I strive for you, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, right? Knit together, not in doctrine, in love. Knit together, interconnected, interwoven in love. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, it says that endeavor to keep the bond or the unity, the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. The spirit of God has actually given us a certain level of unity. There's already exists. Once you are born again, there's this unity that's granted by the spirit that makes us one. Our job is to put in effort to endeavor, uh, put in effort to keep it. Don't spoil it. Yes, yes, yes. Don't spoil it. We human beings are naturally spoilers. Naturally, we spoil things. Look, you moved into that new house. That new house you moved in. They just, it's newly built. And then you moved into the house. Look, few months down the line, look at what you are doing to the house. Few days, there's already some stains on the walls. The fridge has started having a certain smell. 
Sometimes when you get something new, you are hoping it stays new. So you came into this new church. <laughs> Please, you are about to spoil it. If, if you don't put in an effort, you will spoil this church. Because there are a lot of things you don't like. You have a certain inclination. You have a certain standpoint. You have a certain approach to life. Those settings are the, those things that can affect our setting. <laughs> a certain way of doing things. Because it's not done this way, before you could realize, you are already gossiping away the peace. Yeah, that scripture. Uh, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Bonding agent. Yes, yes. Now, peace is a bond. It's like resin. A resin fixes us together so that that of love. Yeah. So it's peace. That's why no church, no group of people, no church does well in the absence of peace. When there's no peace in the congregation. There can be trouble against the church, but that will never scatter the bond. The apostles were scattered, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. They were scattered, but they were still together. The bond of peace. Endeavor. So then, Bible says that I'm striving that your heart will be comforted and you'll be knit together. The bond of peace is needed for our knitting. And then we can flow with people in love. Not in feelings. But really, the primarily is a love for God which plays out in our love for one another. Because I say, how can you say you love God? Who you cannot see. First John chapter 4 from verse 20. How can you say you love God who you cannot see? And the one who you see, you cannot love. But when you talk about being woven together in love, it means that your problem is my problem. Your breakthrough is my breakthrough. Some people, other people's breakthroughs, they are down for. <laughs> you heard they announced somebody's married. The guy said, oh no. oh, no. This girl has been smarter than me. Oh, no. Some people, other people's progress. They bought a new house, they bought a new car. Suddenly, it reminds you of... We, human beings can be naturally like that. So that is why we have to be spiritual. Be spiritual about what you're about to do or what you're thinking because of your feelings. Feelings will always creep on you. How many of you know that? Oh, yeah. Funny feelings. Sometimes you can feel like, for a while now, this guy, the way he's been talking to me, I'm not liking it. I've not said anything. And I've noticed for the past three weeks. <laughs> no, no. Please, don't let your feelings get in the way. Don't let your... It's, it's called church. That's why some people can't practice church life. They, because it's, they always, it's just about them. And anything that will just destabilize them or disrupt them or affect their feelings in a way they didn't like, 
they just withdraw from it. So I don't want to relate to anybody. But that's not Christianity. If you don't do that, you can result in the riches of the full assurance of understanding. So we need one another in order to get to the actual stage of spiritual maturity. And spiritual maturity is really at the mercy of the riches of full assurance of understanding. Now, you can tell two people can go through one problem, similar problem, and spiritual weight will determine how they react. Spiritual maturity will determine how people react. Now, the spiritual maturity is not a repository on internal character per se. It's repository on a certain level of understanding that makes you behave the way you be. When you go to work and someone, maybe yes, you are into customer service and a customer is behaving, you don't say, I'll punch you. <laughs> you don't hold their neck and pull them out of the shop, get out of the shop. You won't, you won't do that because you know you have got a mortgage to pay. <laughs> but you know, children can do something. Our people who didn't grow out of childhood <laughs> can do something. The reason why it's important for men, it, it takes men to marry and no boys, is because boys will just react. Men, sometimes, there are things you might not be happy about. But you, when you are growing and you have proper understanding, you realize that it doesn't matter. And it really it doesn't matter. You don't create a storm in a teacup when it comes to marriage. People have their weaknesses, and sometimes when you are growing, you just allow people to be. You just allow. That's because you have understanding that really it doesn't, it's not so much character, but so much understanding, maturity. Maturity produces a certain stable character. So as we grow in the Lord, we are actually, what it means is that we are growing in the full, the riches of the full assurance of understanding. But that never comes without koinonia, without relating with one another where our hearts. Pastor, it didn't say your heart is the hearts, plural. It's not, it's not only you. It's a group of us whose hearts are encouraged together and we are knit together onto resulting in a certain knowledge or in a certain, you become so rich. You are stable. The riches of the full assurance of understanding. Now watch this. It is not only that that you get when you are growing in the Lord. It's not only the, the riches of the full assurance of understanding, but it says that, look at the text again, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, what? Uh-huh. You acknowledge, oh yeah, you acknowledge the mystery of God. In other words, you are, you are growing in the appreciation of the mystery of God, mystery, mysterium. Mysterion. What is a mystery? A mystery is something kept secret. That's a mystery. Something that is kept secret. A mystery is 
something that is hidden for a purpose. God also chose to hide some things for a purpose. He hid it from Moses. He hid it from Abraham. Abraham by faith could see some things, but he couldn't comprehend it fully because it's been hidden. It's actually been hidden from men. Romans chapter 16, verse 25. It says that now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Now, this one is not talking about Jesus' preaching. It's the, the declaration of Jesus. We, we, him we preach. Okay. So the preaching of Jesus, the, Jesus being the content of the preaching. All right, that's what it is. It's not about the preachings of Jesus. The content of our preaching being Jesus. It says that, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation, or according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret. By who? God. He kept some things secret. And that is what we are now going to be preaching. That's why the New Testament preaching far outweighs. That's why I said the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. The New Testament preaching far outweighs the Old Testament prophecies. The New Testament, we are not prophets, we are preaching. (laughs) We're preaching. Him we preach. The Old Testament, you find out that prophets always prophesy because they are telling about what we'll be preaching. (laughs) <laughs> their prophecies is about what we'll be preaching. Paul said, uh, what they call sect, Acts chapter 24, verse 14, what they call sect, that is how I worship the God of our fathers, believing all things written in the law and the prophets. Our preaching is based on that. So, the New Testament preaching is about the revelation of Jesus. About the revelation of Jesus in what way? Okay, then let me go and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That was not that would be enough. No, 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 it's not enough at all. Because Jesus is not only Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's also in Genesis. Yes. But in Genesis, he was hid. Yes. The revelation about Jesus was hidden. In, you will see it in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 is there. <laughs> Every verse of the Bible, Jesus is inside there. Yes, yes, yes. But he was hit. That is why he says that, oh, foolish and slow of heart to believe all that the prophet ought not the Christ to have suffered all these things. Luke chapter 24, verse 25. Oh, ought not the Christ. These things have already been written. But you didn't know. In fact, in Acts chapter 13, verse 27, he said they were reading it every Sabbath. They were reading. For those who dwelt in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not. Do you see that? They can't preach him when they don't know him. Yes. And they can't recognize him. They don't know him. He said, have I been with you all this time? You don't know me? Who do men say? You have to know. He said, because they knew him not. No! Not only him, oh. Because they knew him not. No, even the voice of the prophet. Because if they knew the voice of the prophet, they would have identified them. But the, watch this. Um, the prophets were prophesying things that are hidden. What they were prophesying was Hidden. That's why when Jesus was born, wise men saw the star. They came, and then the king had to call, Matthew chapter 2 from verse 4, the king had to call all the scribes. Where is it written? 
And then they, they found out, they did the research and found out, we have been reading, we hadn't known. They found out that it is written that, oh, Bethlehem, you little town, yeah, out of thee shall come. Is that in Bethlehem of Judea, for that it is written, verse, verse 6, please, that it is written, by ye, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judea, for out of you shall come the, a ruler. So then they say, ah, then it's Bethlehem. So the king told them, okay, it's in Bethlehem then. You have come to Jerusalem, it's not here. Whatever you are looking for is. It was always spoken. Now watch this. So God hid in himself. I'm talking about the mysterion. That's the Greek word. Mystery. Mysterion. Ephesians chapter 3, verse. Let, let me take you. In fact, we are, because of this mystery thing, we have to touch on a few scriptures, right? We are supposed to be touching on Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. And we'll be touching on Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. I'll come back to it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. And then we'll be going to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3, verse 4, verse 9. We'll be going to chapter 5, Ephesians, verse 32. And chapter 6, verse 19. It's so sweet. But we've already read Romans chapter 16, verse 25, right? Yeah. Well, you wait till you see 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. It's amazing. Mysterion. But <laughs> look at Ephesians chapter 3. I think it will be good to just read from verse 3. I want to show you something. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3, it says that, how that by revelation, God, you see that he there is God, God made known to me the mysterion. God, by revelation, hey, he made known to people the mystery. The mystery that has been kept secret. The, the mystery that has been kept secret. You remember? Well, wait, no, no, let's take it here. The mystery has been kept secret, but God is now revealing it to some people. Is making known to people by revelation. This is very important thing I want you to understand. So how by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. As I've been talking about this thing already. Look at the next verse. Verse 4. By which when you read, you may understand my knowledge. In the mystery of Christ. In the mystery of Christ. My knowledge. I know something. This, you, when you read what I'm writing, it will help you to know my understanding in the mystery of Christ. There's a mystery hidden. Now look at the next verse, verse 5. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. What are the other ages before Christ came? So Moses was preaching what he really didn't know. They couldn't teach you that in school. It's mysterious. You don't teach Mysterion in schools. Mysterions are revealed. And when they are revealed, they are constantly keep being revealed through the teachings of the people who it has been revealed to. So it's revealed through teachings, not through uh, you are hiding somewhere. God show me. God show me. No, it's not, it's not that visions. It's not revealed through visions. <laughs> 
angel appearing to you to teach you that mystery, angels don't have that. No, 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 That's no, why no, 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 Cornelius had to be sent. Uh, an angel went to Cornelius and said, go for Peter. He is the one who can tell you about this mystery. Whom we preach. Uh, is that one getting understanding? Yes. Whom we preach. Mysterion. Christ is the mystery of the ages. Yes. But look at Ephesians. Let's look at the, the text again. I, I'm, I'm, I, I really like the word of God. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the, by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Oh, now it's been revealed. By times past, it was not revealed to men. Now look at the next verse. Look at this. I'm going to somewhere in the verse 9. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. That's a mystery. Abraham wouldn't. That's why the Jews had a problem when Peter went to the house of Gentiles. This new thing God has started. Are you bringing Gentiles to spoil this thing? <laughs> are you bringing Gentiles to. Did you remember what Paul said in the verse 3? That if you, are, you have my understanding of this mystery, if you've read what I've briefly written, pointing to in chapter 2, do you know all his deliberations in chapter 2? Permit me, I've gone off a little bit. But all Paul's deliberations in chapter 2 was trying to get them to understand you, who were sometimes alienated from the yeah. life of God. You're strangers from the commonwealth of Israel. Commonwealth of now has been brought in here. What? Hallelujah. I feel like jumping. <laughs> but now, you were far off, but now have been brought in here. Bible says that for uh, the, the verse 14, that he himself is our peace. Talking about Jesus. Jesus, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. He himself is our peace. Who has broken down the middle wall of separation between Jews and Gentiles? Because for the church to be formed, you don't need only Jews. And you don't need only Gentiles. The church to be formed, you need the called out ones. And the called out ones are called both from the Jews and the Gentiles. So if you exclude some people, you are making a mistake. Because the Gentiles are also supposed to be fellow heirs. Now, that was hidden in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, God never dealt with Gentiles. They were not part of his people. So Jews knew that they are the chosen people. By, vet, by virtue of their ethnicity, by virtue of their belongings, but not by virtue of the keleo. Kalal, a call, kalal. So the Hebrew word is to kalal, kalal. So he has chosen people based on a certain calling, not based on their ethnicity. The Jews are called or are people based on their ethnicity. But when it comes to the church, we are called not based on ethnicity. We are part of the church based on, we are part of this community based on a calling. So then there was going, there's a problem was developing. Those who are part of the people of God based on ethnicity are thinking, but why are you coming? You are not part of this. You are not part of this royal family. Peter, you can't be having deliberate. You can't go into the house. You have made them also receive the Holy Spirit. Peter, you are spoiling this thing. Look at how Pharisees have tilted this thing far up. No, Jesus has started something new and even purer. You are bringing Gentiles to spoil it. 
So Paul said, no, Jesus himself is our peace. Who has removed the middle wall of partition? And I've moved, watch this, look at it, it's in your Bible. He has removed the middle of partition and has broken down the middle of partition. Look at the next verse. And I've, watch this, verse 15. Having abolished the enmity in his flesh, in his flesh, the enmity, that is, the law of commandments and ordinance, the, what makes Jews know that they can't deal with Gentiles? He said he, he abolished the commandment. He didn't only deal with the devil on the cross. He also he dealt with the commandment that separates us on the cross. Yeah. I abolished in his flesh the enmity, the commandments, and the ordinances. So, watch this. This is where I'm going. So as to create new creation. Hallelujah. Amen. Create in himself. One new man from what? The two groups. Hallelujah! So as to create within himself in Christ. Colossians chapter 3 verse 11. There is no Jew, there's no Greek. Ah, didn't you see that? He said, well, there is not that Greek, there's not that Jew, circumcised or circumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Hallelujah! So he creates in himself one new man. Another portrait of the church in the scripture is one new man. Now, this is a mystery that was hidden. And now when you go to the verse 16, let me just add the verse 16 and I move away from there. He said, and that he might reconcile both. Say both. both. What's the both talking about? There are only two groups of people in the Old Testament, so long as God's two races, the Jews and the Gentiles. So you always see it in scripture, Jews and Gentiles. There's two races. Now, there are still two groups of people, the church and the rest. Wow. And watch this. But the church is made up of people from all nations. The Jews are made up from people from Abraham alone. But the church from all nations. So he can both reconcile both in one flesh to God, in one body. Verse 16. The reason is that he might reconcile. So we are at odds with God. Both Jews, that's why I said all have sinned and fallen, all those, those stuff. So he brings both of us, Christ in himself, brings both of us to, to God. Now, watch this. This is a great mystery. It's a great mystery of religion, of the Old Testament. You mean the God of righteousness who accept people who have never met, who have not followed the Torah, followed the message. Some people who are not circumcised, they are in covenant with God. He said there's no circumcision. All. No, 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 no. We can't, please, it's too, it's too much, it's too much. That's the mystery that was hitting God for ages. So even when Abraham and the prophets were speaking about the future, they touched on these things, but they never understood what they were talking about. Because you, can, you could never conceptualize the fact that Jews and Greeks are in one body. It could never, because God warned them, don't mix with them. How can this same God say, now they are all one? They could never conceptualize. So, okay, let, me, let me make it clearer to you again. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 26, we read it earlier on, but you see, there's some sweet phrase in Colossians 1.27, that has a way of distracting you from seeing a, a bigger picture. See, that 127, Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Christ in you, the hope of glory, that one, that, that one is so strong, he has a way of, but look at verse 26. I will pass through it, but some of you didn't pick it up. Then, did you see that? 
The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generation, but now has been, he keeps referring to this hidden mystery. This hidden mysterion. God kept something secret in himself. I was, I was so, God kept it secret. So Moses was prophesying, but he didn't have a clue. Elijah was speaking, but he didn't have a clue. Because it has been kept from the sons of men. Common sense, natural sense, human sense could never pick up on that. That's why the Bible talks about that. He has hidden it from the wisdom of men. Now, go back to that text again. Colossians. Hid in the generations has now been revealed. So I remember in Bible school, um, one of the, we were dealing with something, I think the church, and that was quite a nice description. So this is the future ages to come, right? And then this is Christ to come. Please hold my Bible. This is Christ to come. And this is the prophets of the old. They prophesied about this, and they prophesied about this. But the church, mm. hold this like this, they could only see here and here. But the church, they never saw it. Do you understand that? They never saw the church. Why didn't they see? Because he's hating God. So they will say everything, they prophesied about Christ. And the comprehensive prophecy about Christ casts an, a positive shadow on the church. And by virtue of the nature of this Christ, it reveals that there is something following. But they were wondering, what is this glorious thing following? But it has been hid from them. So in First Peter chapter 1, verse 9, 10, 11, 12, verse 9 talks about the salvation that is to be revealed. Okay, the, the, the salvation, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. Who prophesied of the grace that will come to the church? All right. So they prophesied about the Christ, but they never saw the church. And so the prophets, when they prophesied the grace that will come to the church, look at the next verse. These are the prophets prophesying. But searching what and what manner of time the spirit of Christ who was in the prophets you can't be a prophet without talking about Christ you are fake it, the, the, the heart of prophecy is the testimony of Christ so the spirit of the prophets the spirit of Christ which was in the, who was in the prophets was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that should follow. So it was, the Spirit has been saying that there, after the suffering of Christ, there is a major glory following. And that glory is a grace upon the church. And after they finished prophesying, they tried to, what am I trying to prophesy about? They tried to do a research. They tried. They only, when they go any further, Daniel spoke about revelations. But between the Christ and Revelation, something is hidden. It's hidden to men. The only way you can appreciate it is when you listen to the prophet and you keep your eye on the Christ, it affords you a better, you begin to see. You begin to see. You begin to, that's why I said, who do men say I am? Oh, the, the prophet, you are, the, you are son of the living God. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. So the more you go to, close to Christ, you hear him talking about the church. Because the church is the body of Christ. The church is the mystery of Christ. Ooh. 
Now watch this. So back to First Peter. They prophesied and then they will inquire what is going Then the Holy Spirit will tell. Look at the next verse. To them it was revealed that not to yourself, bro. You are prophesying, but it's not going anything to do with you. So just speak and go. <laughs> yeah. Said so not to themselves, but to the church, us. They ministers these things which are now reported to you through the preaching. So what we are preaching is not different from what they prophesied. Wow. But because it was hid in God from men, natural mind couldn't comprehend how this thing is going to play out. Now, so that is this mystery. It has always been a mystery hidden in God. Now, let's go back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. Look at it again. 26 says that hidden in God from the generations has now been revealed to the saints. Look at the next verse. To them, God willed to the saints who are now understanding this whole thing. God willed to make known what are the riches of the glories of this mystery. This mystery that has been hidden, God is now happy to let them know the riches of the glory of this. You see, when they were wondering the glories that should follow the sufferings of Christ, you remember that? Ought not the Christ to have suffered, that the suffering is so crucial. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and after that enter into his glory? So they were talking about a glory that was very mysterious in nature, in character. And they really wanted to know a bit more, but they were still told that it's okay, you can't get it. God has hidden it himself. And now the Bible is saying that um, God willed to, for the saints, church, those of us listening now, God willed what has been hidden from Elijah. What has been hidden from prophet Nahum? What has been hidden from prophet Haggai and prophet Malachi? These things have been hidden from them. God willed to make known to us the riches of the glories of this mystery amongst the Gentiles. The thing is not only in the Jews, the thing is working in the Gentiles. Oh, hallelujah. It's working in the Gentiles. That's why you are part of the family of God. It's a mystery that we can look at you who used to be in some way. Look at your history. Even now, people are surprised you are in church. Some of your exes have vowed they don't want to know because they won't believe it. It's a mystery. Even angels wonder, how did this guy enter church? <laughs> It's a mystery. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter. We got to the verse 6. Because you need to get it. So chapter 3 verse. Look at verse 5 again just to make sense, to flow the text. Verse 5. Which other ages were in other were made known men to men has now been revealed by the... Okay, look, it's been revealed. What was that? That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body. Wow. See, our modern day Christians who have been trained to have this God-using mindset. Mm. They want to use God to achieve natural success. Mm. These things are rubbish. Yeah. They, they, they can't be bothered. What, what are you talking about? Me, Gentile, Greek, Guru. Pastor, I, need, I just need a husband. <laughs> okay. Me to have a question for you. What if he doesn't show up? Are you going to leave church? See, 
you don't have the riches of full assurance of understanding. Because that you have the riches of full assurance of understanding. And verse, verse 2 again, Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. Not only the riches of the full assurance of and the acknowledgement of the mystery of God. You've been in church too long to be ignorant about the mystery of God. You've been in church too long. Pastor, I've just been in church one month. It's very long. <laughs> one month is a long time. <laughs> so, back, uh, uh, let's read Ephesians chapter. Is, is someone learning something? Yes. Ephesians chapter. This is, it looks like this is too strong a teaching for Sunday morning. Uh, actually, this is what church should be about. You know? we, should, we should open the Bible and let the Bible do the talking. Let the Bible. So, if this is too strong for you, I think you've got quite a long way to go. <laughs> All right, guys, because of oh, my time. All right. The, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. How do they do it? That's why pastor preached the gospel. Through the gospel, it brings all in. Criminals, good people, uh, holy people, bad people, used people, unused people, whatever, human being, the gospel brings you in. That's why I said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that. To the Jew first, and then to the Greek. For therein the righteousness of God is revealed. All right, so let's go to Ephesians again, because my time. Ephesians chapter, it says that partakers of the, of the same, uh, the, of the promise in Christ through the gospel. Look at the next verse, 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 verse 7. Of which I became a minister according to the gift, according to the gift of the grace of God, which was given to me by the effectual working of His power. Verse eight, verse, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches. Now look at verse nine. That's where we're going. Unsearchable riches of, to make all men see the fellowship. That word fellowship, okonomaya. To see the okonomaya of this mystery, the dispensation of this mystery. The workings of this mystery. My job, Paul said, to make everyone, all men is those who I'm teaching, those who I preach to, to make them see the fellowship of this mystery, which from the beginning of the ages have been hidden, where? In God. It wasn't hidden like gold in the soil. This one, God himself said that, no, no one should. I'm hiding it. No, it was kept. It was hidden. There's a difference between something being kept and something hidden. Hidden means that people are not supposed to know. God hid it himself pleasantly, happily. It's, it's hidden in God who created all things through Christ. He hid something in himself. But now it's being revealed to the church. That's the privileged position the church is in. Now look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9. I think we should repeat it from verse 7. He said, in whom we have redemption. Yeah, yeah, I like, please forgive me. I want to comport myself. But in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness. Hallelujah! In, in whom we have redemption through the blood. Hallelujah. The forgiveness of sins. Say forgiveness of sins. Please do me a favor. This is too powerful for me to read it alone. Let's go. Let's read it alone. Let's go. According to the riches of his kingdom. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> we have all this. 
Christ. We have redemption through his blood. We have forgiveness of sins according to the rich grace. Grace is doing all this. According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and prudence. Mm, Verse 8. According to the riches of this grace, which he has made, he made to abound. Grace is abound. When someone asks you, how are you? Tell me, grace is abounding to us. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I heard about the crisis that went to oh, you get, in your. Oh, grace is abounding towards me. We are not the same. We are not the same. Some have all grace abounding towards them. Some of us have all grace abounding towards us. Some of us have all grace abounding towards us. Shout all grace. Which he has made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Um, that is also another thing. Wisdom and prudence. But it will take me too much to go into that. But let's look at the next verse. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he purposed him. Like, he purposed in himself that this thing I'm going to show you to Charles. <laughs> and he was happy to do it. It was the big, it Bible says that it was according to his good pleasure. He's very happy to let you know what has been hidden in him. And when all those things begin to come to bear, life makes a lot more sense. Your challenges, your crises, delays, breakthroughs you are waiting for, breakthroughs you are working towards, almost every other thing in your life. When this mystery becomes clearer, every other thing holds together. Life makes much more sense. He has made known to us this mystery. Permit me to, because of time, permit me to tell you, Anytime you read the Bible, you come across the mystery of Christ. Because look at Ephesians chapter 3 again. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4. Verse 4 talks about the mystery of Christ. Oh, sorry, verse 3, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, verse 4. It says that, by which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Ephesians takes, focuses more on the mystery of Christ, whilst Colossians focuses more on the mystery of God. Look at Colossians 2.2. It says that, that there had been the, the, the riches of the full, full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the what? The mystery of God. Mysterion of God. The mystery of God. Is there any difference between the mystery of God and the mystery of Christ? Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. But what's that? Because there are only two great mysteries. Ah, there are only two great mysteries. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32. It says that this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So we have two great mysteries. The mystery of God, okay, or the mystery of the ages is the mystery of God and the mystery of Christ. Now, what is the mystery? I think I mentioned in the previous. The mystery of God is how God is captured in human body, Christ. So Christ is the mystery of God. He is the revelation of, you look at him and you can define God. You look at him and you can encapsulate the entirety of God in humanity. He's the mystery of God. Christ is the mystery of God. And 
The church is the mystery of Christ. You look yes. at the church, you can understand Christ better. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's no way you can understand Christ better only reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No! No! That was the human Jesus. But if you want to understand Christ better, Paul said, this is I'm writing about, the mystery of Christ. That's when he begins to continue and talk about how that the two shall be in one uh, 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 to reconcile, God was reconciling both in one, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 5. Look at the verse 5. We spoke of the mystery of Christ, and verse 12, which is in other words hidden uh, but not revealed. Look at verse 6 to the apostles. Verse 6 that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body. The mystery of Christ is about these Gentiles and the Jews being fellow heirs. They are all heirs. The Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body. That's the mystery of Christ. And the mystery, so the mystery of God and mystery of Christ is primarily the same thing. It's the mystery of the ages. I, I need you to understand that. This is very important. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19, it says that we want to preach, but you have to pray for us. Because our preaching, it says that, pray for us that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Hallelujah to make known the mystery of the gospel. Because other than that, you can't say, because people are not interested. Or people will stone you. When you begin to talk about the mystery of the gospel, which is the mystery of God, the mystery of Christ, how it all plays out. This is the mystery of the ages. Now, let's go to where we started from, so I can end. Now, listen to me, everybody. We have to understand. Look at what the text we are coming from. Colossians chapter 2. Now, I, King James did not really help much. Read it from King James. Let's all read it. Let's go. Of, of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. You see, you, you won't realize that Christ is the mystery of God. The mystery of God and of the Father, and the way they translated. And look at English Standard Version, Amplified, and then the other one, um, my favorite one, New American Standard. Now, English Standard Version says that, that their hearts might be and all that, to the understanding and the acknowledgement of God's mystery. Do you understand what I'm saying? Look at New American Standard Version. That comes from the full assurance of understanding, resting in the true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself. Christ himself is God's mystery. Now, let's stay there, and now, let's break the text from here quickly, we can end. Because we have been talking about three things, main things that must happen to us. The hearts being encouraged, that, right, having been knit together in love, and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding resulting in, do you understand? Resulting, resulting, resulting in the true knowledge of God's mystery. You begin to get, oh, this is what this church is about. It's so sad people are in church for years and they don't know what church is about. They don't have an idea about what God's mind is. God's, what is in the mind of God concerning the church. There are people who are far apart from it. And some are even preachers. Hmm. Wow. Wow. It's true. Thinking is about solutions. Yeah. 
It's about the devil. God is powerful, superman, to protect us from the devil. So if you don't have Jesus, you're in the hands of the devil. And that's all you're preaching. People should come to church because there's a devil. It's not bad in itself. It's not bad, but it's, it's very limiting. Very limiting, very basic, pediatric, very rudimental. Don't stay there. Move on. Other than that, Pastor, that kind of gospel does not present people perfect in Christ. Doesn't present people perfect in Christ. To present people perfect in Christ, you have to start dealing with the mysterion. Get into the mysterion. I'm not talking about beginning to beginning to have spooky. Yes, strange. Some people love strange. Strange revelations. There is no revelation anywhere apart from the revelation of the true Christ. Amen. The preaching that is not revealing the true Christ is no revelation. It's just exercise in embellishing human ego. I know something. I'm deep. I'm deep. I know. You are not. You are shallow until you present Christ. You are not deep. So it's, it's important we understand. Now watch this. Pastor, that, that text, I think that uh, New American Standard Version really does justice to this text. Talking about that, watch this. It says that, that we will attain to all the wealth that comes from, there's a certain wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding. When you have that wealth, that full assurance of that, it results in the true knowledge of God's mystery. You actually know this. Ah, Pastor, what I'm saying, you know what has been hidden from Moses. That is why it said the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist, the best he knew was the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> The best John the Baptist could know is the human Jesus. He's just almost like the prophets of the old. Because John the Baptist never lived to see the crucifixion. Now let me tell you about how does God reveal his mystery. The way God has revealed the mystery in the ages is through the incarnation of Christ, through the crucifixion of Christ, through the resurrection of Christ, and through the ascension of Christ. The incarnation, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension. The incarnation, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension. The incarnation, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension. We have to spend all the rest of our time in church discussing these subjects. The more you discuss it, the more we preach it, the more we understand. Ah, so God came in the flesh. The incarnation is all reflecting how God, the creator of the universe, Colossians chapter 1 verse 15, the creator of the universe became a human being. He is the image of the God that cannot be seen. That's that's pointing to the incarnation. If you deny the incarnation of God, you can't be a Christian. You have actually vandalized and brutalized the revelation of the mysterious. But how can you say they are not Christian? No, you don't understand. Don't let me even say something you don't want to hear. I will say it. The word Christian is unbelievers' description of the people of God. 
We never called ourselves Christians. The Bible never called us. It's unbelievers who describe us as Christians. The Bible calls us the church. The Bible calls us believers. The saints. That's the actual one. You're right. They call us the people of the way. The Bible calls us the people of the way. God became flesh. God in the flesh. Now, I'm telling you, great is the mystery of godliness. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed in the world, received up into glory. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. The mystery. This is it, this is it, this is our faith. Yeah. Our faith yeah. is not deliverance from the devil. Yeah. <laughs> Much as that is all part and parcel of what we have come into. But that is not the main thing. Yeah. So don't spend all your time. Yeah. Don't spend all the church time yeah. focusing on devils and demons and how they manifest. I think they're spending much of our time focusing on how God manifested in the flesh for our salvation. He said, in him we have redemption. Where has that gone? Oh, that's basic. Really? You call that basic? That's fundamental. That's foundational. That's pivotal. That's the climax. The climax and the foundation is that God manifested in the flesh. Our sins are forgiven because of the justification through his blood. The mysterion. He says that when we are attaining to the wealth of the full assurance of understanding, it results in you now coming to the true knowledge of the mystery of God. And what's the mystery? Which is Christ. And I thought I was going to read further, but because of time. Bible says, in, in whom, in Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. All the treasures, no wisdom, not just wisdom, the treasures of wisdom. All the treasures of wisdom. You are going to school to accumulate some knowledge so you can be exposed to treasure in life. He said the treasures of, true treasures of wisdom are hidden in Christ. All the treasures of wisdom are hidden in Christ. Bible says that God has made him for us wisdom. We, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, he said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. <laughs> the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory. So that when we are speaking about it, it separates us from Jehovah's Witness. It separates us from Islam. Some preachers are making us look too much like Islam. When you preach the mystery of God, then you begin to see that the trains are going to very far apart. Very far apart from every religion, from every system, even from Judaism. Is it too much? The mystery, the full assurance. To the knowledge of the mystery of God. Let me finish by saying this. To the knowledge, put it on the screen, that, that, that new American standard version resulting in the true knowledge of God's mystery that is Christ himself. God's mystery is Christ himself. Christ, he is. 
So the more you are talking about his incarnation, you are beginning to reveal the mystery. The more you talk about his crucifixion, never follow any pastor that marginalizes the crucifixion. That tells you it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal. No, no, no. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's going to mislead you very soon because he's creating a platform for Satan to walk in gently. The crucifixion and the resurrection. Oh, my goodness. The resurrection. And then, no, he didn't just resurrect and stay. He is seated in the cabal. Fire about principalities and powers in the heavenly places. When you talk about ascension, you are talking about the session of Christ. Seated in majesty. Seated in glory. Hallelujah. That is what gives us our confidence. And as a church, our confidence is not just because he died. His death brought us in. But his reigning gives us our door. That's why I said, all power in heaven and on earth is given to me. Therefore, go ye into the world and preach the gospel. Why? Because I sit in throne. All power. I turn. And when I turn, it, it tells me, weep not, O John, for the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. I turn to see the lamb. And then they all sang. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy. For you have redeemed us by your blood. And Revelation chapter 5, and has made us kings and priests to our God from all nations, not only from the Jews, from all tribes, from all tongues, from all peoples. That's the Lamb. He's seated, Bible said, and he's seated at the right hand of majesty on high. But the truth is, when he went to heaven, he didn't just stay in heaven to rest. He went to heaven and working on earth from heaven. How is he working on earth? Through his church. So in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 says that the power that raised Jesus from the dead and raised him far above principalities, verse 20, principalities and seated him on the right hand, raised him from the dead and uh, go to the verse, uh, okay, verse 20, uh, uh, sit uh, in the right hand in the heavenly places. Look at the next verse, 21. Far above principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Look at, look at, look at, look at the next one. And put all things under his feet. Currently, everything is under his feet. Put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Then it defines the church, which is his body. So he's seated, watch this. He's seated in majesty and he's reigning through the church on the earth. That's what gives us our confidence in our preaching. Gives us our confidence. So the mystery of God is not just uh, one statement. The real mystery of God is the totality of the Christ, the, the true Christ, true knowledge of Christ, true knowledge of Christ, his incarnation, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, which includes his session. And when you talk about his ascension and session, that means he's working on earth from there amongst us so that we can say, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's in heaven, but he's in us. That's the mysterion of the ages. The mysterion of the ages. The mysterion of the ages. Until you start growing in these things, you never look forward to heaven. Until you start growing in this thing, you'll be so bogged down by a lot of human problems. Things that trouble everybody troubles you. 
Things that yeah, are troubling are the ones that fully trouble you. Troubling things will come to you. They will trouble you, but you always know that Jesus said, be of good courage, for I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 John 16, 33. He said, you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. John chapter 14, verse 28. He said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Yesterday I was explaining, we had a meeting, and I was telling you, I love you so much, that when Jesus was going to heaven, he said, I don't, I'm not leaving a car for you, a car I didn't drive. He said, I, I don't, I'm not leaving a house for you because son of man has nowhere to lay his head. But even if I leave it for you, what about the other people? So he, he told his disciples, um, uh, he said, I'm going to heaven, but peace, I live with you. Amen. Then he said, where, you see, when he was, he could sleep in the storm, right? He could sleep in the storm. He could, he could, he could say, forgive them on the cross. Why? Because he had a certain peace. But he said, I don't need it in heaven now. So I, I think I can leave it with you, church. <laughs> is that, this is what? He's in heaven and yet he's living on earth. Where? Through the church. He says that give to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. Ephesians chapter 1, back to what I was reading. Over all things to the church. Look at the verse 23. Which is which is his body? The fullness of him who fills all things. This is what the church should be spending our time knowing Christ. Knowing Christ. Doesn't make now it makes sense when Paul said, Him we preach. Him we preach. Did you receive something? Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more spirit-filled messages from Karis Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the message. Be blessed.